When the health visitor called in and congratulated me, my first thought was that I must be pregnant. It seemed unlikely though, as I hadn't long had a baby, hence her visit. But I couldn't think what else it could be. But I'm getting ahead of myself, let me rewind. I grew up in a small seaside village in Wales, in a large extended family who, had they been asked, would have said they were Christians, just because, well, what else would you be? My mother at least did go to church, the local Anglican one, fairly regularly, and she duly sent me to Sunday school. And then, when I must have been 11 or 12 maybe, to confirmation classes. I do remember they were held on Sunday afternoons, and it seemed a waste of a Sunday afternoon to me. But I was a good little girl and did as I was told, and attended, and was duly confirmed. So there I was, a proper Christian. I now went with my mother to the early Sunday service, and took communion, and recited the prayers, and shook hands with the vicar, who was a lovely man by the way, on the way out. Then, when I was just 19, my mother died. She had a brain haemorrhage at home and then another in hospital. I found myself surrounded by family, but all alone. I continued the practice of early Sunday church, but found very little comfort there. And gradually, as I went to university and then married, I drifted away, only very occasionally going to church. I still called myself a Christian. Indeed, I often felt superior to those Christians who hadn't been confirmed like me. When we moved to Southampton in the 1980s, life continued as before. By now the children were in infant school and I met other mums at the school gates. One of them befriended me and sometime later invited me to go along to an afternoon meeting of women. I knew it was a Christian meeting and that was fine because, after all, I was a Christian. But I soon came to realise that these women had something I didn't. It was different for them. Their faith actually meant something. It was an important part of their lives, and they tried to live their lives according to it. That Christmas we had the in-laws to stay with us, and I seemed to spend the entire time busy doing things, cooking, stressing. <laughs> Typical Christmas, maybe. But I remember thinking, there must be more to it than this. It being Christmas, and in turn, Christianity. So sometime after that I said, the prayer, the standard, I want to be a Christian prayer. I was on my own, there was no big fanfare, and I felt exactly the same afterwards. I must, however, have told Katie, the friend who first took me to the women's group, and she in turn passed on what she viewed as big news, which was still to me was a non-event, to the rest of the group, which included my doctor's wife and she in turn must have mentioned it to our health visitor, who was also, although I didn't know it, although I knew she was very nice, a Christian. Cue, knock on doors, and congratulations, and misunderstanding. So I wasn't pregnant, I was something much better according to other Christians. It still didn't feel like it, but I didn't want to say anything and disappoint everybody. I'm not good with timescales, but maybe a month or two later, I was suddenly assailed by doubts. The whole enormity of it all suddenly seemed ridiculous and impossible and stupid. How on earth was I supposed to believe that a God who held the universe in his hands also had my name written on those hands? That he knew the number of hairs on my head? 
Love didn't come into it. It was just stupid because how big would he have to be? I'd look at the sky and see the stars and shake my head. Impossible. And these doubts took over my head. I couldn't concentrate on anything. And more than that, something I'd believed in without question for the whole of my life was suddenly being whipped away from me. I was lost. I threw myself on my bed in tears, asking God for help. I'm not a super spiritual person who sees the enemy's hand in everything, but this brief period in my life honestly felt like an attack. I'd never experienced it before, and I haven't since. Such an overpowering sense of doubt and fear of the future without God. And I told Katie, who suggested I speak to the minister at her church. I'd been going there occasionally and I'd met him. He was a slightly older man who had given up his job and done theological training and become a minister, although he was still a probationer. He sat me down and I told him my concerns about the hugeness of God and the impossibility of any of it being true. He very simply said, When I feel overwhelmed by the enormity of what we are expected to believe, I look at Jesus, Jesus the man who walked and talked and lived on earth. In effect, he said, bring God down to size, not in an irreverent way, but to take the hugeness, the majesty, and turn it into someone, a human being, I could deal with, I could believe in. If I believe in Jesus, then, I was going to say all the rest falls into place, but it doesn't. It's still a mystery, unfathomable, too huge for my brain. But if I believe in Jesus, if I believe he was who he says he was, who the disciples were so convinced rose from the dead they were willing to die for it, then the rest must be true, whether I can comprehend it or not. And I made the decision then. I will believe in Jesus, and whatever life throws at me, or whatever doubts or issues I have, I will continue to believe. I may be angry, seriously question my sanity at times, but I will believe. I may drift and wander, lose track a bit, but I will believe. I may be clinging on by my fingertips, but I will believe. For me, once I'd made the decision, it became a matter of will, and I suppose that was the point at which I really became a Christian. My story is not at all dramatic, and it doesn't have a wonderful turning point where my life is changed in an extraordinary way. And my Christmases are still stressful and chaotic and tiring, but now I do have something else. Life's not all lovey-dovey and praise and worship. I am still me, and I still do things I wish I hadn't. Too often, I'm afraid. But I know in my head that God loves me, and I am trying very hard to believe that in my heart that that is true, that I am of worth, and I have a purpose, and to live accordingly. That all happened a long time ago. I'm still here, still believing, still questioning, still wondering. I've come a long way in some things, but in others it feels to me at least as if I've not changed at all. But our story is a journey, with all its ups and downs, that won't be complete until we meet Jesus. As Paul writes in his letter to the church at Philippi, I'm not saying that I have all this together, that I have it made, but I am well on my way reaching out for Christ, 
who has so wondrously reached out for me. Friends, don't get me wrong. By no means do I count myself an expert in all of this, but I've got my eye on the goal, where God is beckoning us onward to Jesus. I'm off and running, and I'm not turning back.